0: Greetings, friends. What's up, fellow alchemists? This is your host, uh, Josh Griffey. Just bombing in here uh, for a little brief intro, right? So Alex and I run another podcast called The Long Box Sessions. I hope that all of you who love film alchemists would like that show as well. We do a little bit more comic book, pop culture, stuff like that. And of course, this week there was a disturbance in the force of all pop culture and nerd fandoms. Uh, Alex and I went to the theater, man, and we saw Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. Spoiler alert, we both really enjoyed it, man, and we, we had a good conversation talking about the stuff that we enjoyed about the film and some of the criticisms levied, and hopefully we can sort through some of that and, you know, find a happy place for us to say goodbye to the Skywalkers. So, just so you guys weren't caught off guard and thought you were on the wrong feed, uh, we are uploading both episo- or the episode to both our long box session feeds and our film Alchemist, So we're about to play that conversation now. Again, as a special aside to me, you know your friend Griffey here before the Christmas holidays. Please subscribe to both shows. Please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It does mean the world to smaller podcasts like us. And uh, guys, stay tuned. We still have more good film alchemists coming at the end of the year. Uh, On Christmas Day, we are giving you a special treat. Deadly Games, a.k.a. Dial Code Santa, a.k.a. Hide and Freak. Uh, one of my all-time favorite Christmas movies, and then we're going to try to wrap the year out where uh, me and Alex look back and we're thankful for our favorite movies of 2019. So lots of good stuff coming, both here and on the long box Sessions. Thank you guys very much. Merry Christmas, happy holidays, and may the Force be with you. Please enjoy The Rise of Skywalker.
1: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Long Box Sessions. I'm your host, Alex D'Andino. And I'm Josh Griffey. As always, catch us on all your socials. And of course, whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on right now, stop it right now. And in case you have not, rate, review, and subscribe. It's going to be exciting, guys, because we got a good one cooking.
0: Especially on Apple Podcasts, guys. If you leave us a quick five-star and a one- or two-sentence review, that helps us out a ton. Enormously. You boxers have always been there for us. Also, boxers, you may uh find us on YouTube now. You can see our lovely faces. That's Nerd Alchemist, plural, with an S at the end. Go ahead and click subscribe. We have a good archive of uh stuff we've been doing. We have some new content coming your way. Perhaps even some uh Dungeons and Dragons and board games and Ooh. all the fun uh stuff that you guys know from us, man. All and fun. also, if you're here as a guest from the film Alchemist, Welcome, go ahead and subscribe to both shows, Film Indeed. Alchemist and The long Box Sessions. We're, we're just doing it all. We're all over <laughs> the place. All right,
1: housekeeping out of the way. I'll all right, do- now let's destroy the best thing of all of our lives. <laughs> Guys, we of course saw Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about all the crazy shit that happened. We're going to talk about all the cool stuff. But first, most important part of the show, Griffey, did you like the movie? You know what man? Uh I fucking loved it. <laughs>
0: like, like if I'm being honest. I'll give a little context, right? <laughs> so I'm pretty insanely biased towards Star Wars. Right. Uh you know, Marvel movies, they don't do it for me all the time. I can critique them pretty fairly. This and that. <laughs> Star Wars is just my thing. Sure. That and I thought back on this, right? This was kind of the beauty of this film. Cuz I was really fucking scared. Because two days before we went to see it, I got on Twitter just to check the film Alchemist messages. Big
1: mistake, of course. And,
0: of course, it was like, JJ's canceled. Burn it down. Our childhood's ruined. We told you Last Jedi was the best. I was like, what the fuck is happening? I'm out of (laughs) here. So I was scared. But what happened is, right, my friend had tickets to go see it in this gigantic, lovely IMAX theater. I went with a large group of friends. We're all sitting there having drinks and food beforehand. He brought his kid. Uh, The next morning, I took my kids to see it and i found this one is kind of like the closing of the saga this and that it was like it's a very reflective moment right absolutely and i just kind of sat and i i just prayed in that moment i was like man as long as it's not just don't be bad right like just give me enough yeah. and i'm and again i'm pretty easy with star wars to please but i remember leaving the last jedi and being pretty bummed out like oh man i don't think i liked it of course i saw it 6 times in the theater and it's really grown on me since it was just it was a different kind of Star Wars, and it took me a moment to kind of readjust what I got out of that film. Right, right. This one kind of was the opposite to me, and I'm not saying that is a good or better. It just, I think what JJ's so good at, right, and we'll get into the nitty gritty, but what this movie did was it let me sit and contemplate why this movie has meant more to me than anything else. I laughed, I cried, uh, My buddy was actually laughing at me. The girl next to me kept checking on me. She's like, are you okay? Because I was crying a lot. And my buddy's like, yeah, you were like sitting on like the literal edge of your seat for the last hour. And I was like, I don't know how to explain it, man. It just, it means that much to me. So I'm biased, right? But think about this. Do you remember the first time you saw Star Wars, Alex? Yes, I do. I can tell you exactly, right? So we were not well off as little kids right my mom went through hell to like try to give us a good life we lived in a trailer park and my nana's trailer was next to me and she'd watch us and i just remember one day i was having like a bad day as a kid right a little kid things weren't great i was in kindergarten and my nana used to record all the movies off of tv she could right on like blank vhs's and if it cut she'd like just put a new tape in, you'd miss like five minutes or whatever <laughs> Right. And she had these notebooks, these cigarette yellow notebooks, because all she did was chain smoke. She was the stay at home hotline psychic. And she would just chain smoke and record movies and tell fortunes all day. Right. And so I still remember her opening her notebook, finding the she had like this Dewey Decimal System handwritten where it's like, here's Star Wars. And she found it and gave me a fucking VHS of Star Wars. And I don't even know when that was on TV, how she had it. But she had somehow had a VHS of Star Wars that she recorded herself gave it to me. And it was just one of those moments where <laughs> you're like, my life existed after that VHS tape was handed to me. Absolutely. And I've never, I guess to, like this is getting kind of like long, but the thing that I noted, right. And the thing that I hate about Twitter now is we have to fight so much, right? Cause now everyone's like, we're re litigating the last Jedi, right? If right. you like this movie, it means you have to hate last Jedi and last Jedi. People are reveling in the fact that this one is getting shit on. I don't like any of that stuff. I think it's nonsensical. They're very different movies. <laughs> the other thing I hate, and this is the only thing I call all the way out of bounds. Don't you fucking dare say this is worse than the prequels. No. I mean, can we just call an an armistice to this, you know, nuclear yeah. tirades we're doing? Yeah.
1: There's absolutely no way this is anywhere nearly as bad as the prequels. There's no ounce of, there's no, there, there there's no ounce of, uh, Force power in the universe that would make anyone actually think that all you're doing is trolling <laughs> and saying that because you can like that's a level of trolling. I think like if you're willing to take Star Wars and like look at what was what had happened during the prequels and say, well, this is way worse. Then you're full of shit. Like, I, I don't right. care. How, I don't care how you feel about <laughs> Ryan Johnson. <laughs> I don't care how you feel about J.J. Amers I don't care about how you because look, I have my thoughts, too. But, like, sure. nothing was nearly as bad as we, – we did this earlier. We did this what, almost a year ago now. We relitigated Last summer, yeah.
0: We like relitigated summers,
1: the then. prequels for all you guys. Like, if you – yeah, take a listen if you want to listen. Like, we talked about this. Like, there's nothing as bad as those movies. Like, those well, movies – This was
0: This is the thing to hone in on, right? And, again, if you're a person who likes the prequels, I'm jealous of you. Like, I'm sad that there is a thing in Star Wars that I just cannot acknowledge. Sure. Because – what I hated about those movies so much is that it was the guy who created it coming back and saying, I'm going to destroy the things you like most about Star Wars because right. it's mine. Fuck you. Right. And it was just kind of poorly written, poorly acted, overly CG and clean and just stiff and terrible and bad, like you know what's long, interesting. long monotony. And this is, what I, this is what I get back to, right? For all the fucking nonsense that people want to bitch about with these movies. The Last Jedi and The Rise of Skywalker are actual celebrations of the things we love about Star Wars and add a lot of value to the characters and the mythology. You can disagree with how it's done, but they are celebratory, right? I feel great and moved, and I feel the Star Wars feeling, right? You know what's interesting? That simple force rising in me exists with those two movies. So just... Let's talk about it like that, man. Let's have sure. a little gratitude
1: first. <laughs> it's interesting the way you describe the way George Lucas made the prequels. Like, because it does feel like sort of the spite fest of like, hey, you guys enjoyed this? Fuck you. Like, it yeah. feels almost like every time you hear some super like, well, I would have done it this way. That like this. Is the great like the prequels are the great proliferation of well I would have done it this way because no one could tell him no at that point because he was just the fucking richest guy in the world essentially when it came to these these kinds of movies so no one told him no and that's what happened like they're the three worst fan films of all time like well there's
0: a great line that Peter Capaldi's doctor has right where he sits and he goes out the the great superpower of humans is forgetting right and he's like if you guys couldn't forget there'd be no more wars because you'd remember how bad it hurt right and that's how i feel with the prequels i was like you guys don't remember being 18 walking out of the theater after attack of the clones and saying oh shit because this is the thing i used to get bullied bad like if you were a star wars kid that was like a mark yeah and people were like gonna come at you about it and i left the theater after attack of the clones being like oh, shit, the bullies were right. This is bad and stupid, and I should alter my days. (laughs) This is not that, right? And this is, let's start here. (laughs) Because something I noticed, a lot of criticisms is they're saying that J.J. Abrams made a movie to undo everything The Last Jedi did. I think that's fucking horseshit. I think the symbiosis between these movies and the synergy is actually really good. There's only one umbrage I take with what J.J. did to kind of nullify The Last Jedi, and it's Rose, right? Yes. That fucking pissed me off. That actually really
1: bothered me a lot. I'm like, we introduced an entire character who went on a whole journey. She's part of this whole thing, and she literally gets relegated to, you know, I don't know, accounts receivable. uh, Yeah, and this is the hard
0: part, too. I guess (laughs) I'm bringing some of it from outside of the actual narrative, right? But for what that poor girl went through, and and to be fair, this is something we need to get up out front because I know some people are going to give us heat uh, for liking this one way or another. The Star Wars fandom might be the most toxic and sad of all the fandoms, and it really is a bummer to say.
1: By far. But
0: what that poor girl went through, just because she was in a Star Wars movie, the fact that J.J. uh, took the coward's route and relegated her out of the movie— Really fucking pissed me off. Like, you got to take a state. If you don't like some of the other things that Ryan Johnson did. Sure. Fine. Right. You cannot let them win and say, see, we told you. JJ agrees with us. She was not worthy of being in the movie. And this is something the entire sequel series has had a problem with is they have these great moments that should have been played by characters that matter to us. Yes. This movie's was. Uh, they just introduced this character who is a, a mere clone of Finn, another escape stormtrooper. Why was that not Rose? Why was she not the one riding into battle with Finn? In The Last Jedi, she specifically says, We don't win uh, by destroying what we hate, we win by fighting for what we love. Where was that? Why yeah. was she not riding into battle and helping Finn out? Like, why add that extra character? just so that Lando can maybe creepily hit on his own daughter in the last scene. <laughs> that, that's like one of those swings and misses that felt like a bummer to me. But I don't know. What did you think? Do you think this movie was just an attack on the last Jedi? Cause I didn't see that.
1: No, I don't think, I mean, look, there's like, I wouldn't call it an attack. Like there's some apologist stuff going on. Like there's been like two or three occasions. I will say this, JJ. But Like what? What did you see that you thought that about? Um, they're like the Luke coming back. Like, they really hammered home that Luke is a very hopeful force ghost. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Like, you know, he passed on, he completed his journey. That's that made sense to me. That was fine. Um, I there were some apologist moments, like, uh, the Haldo maneuver bit. It was literally a sentence of like, why don't we just do the Haldo move? Like, oh, no, it's a once in a lifetime move. You're like, okay, like, I don't really know if we need to really okay. discuss that. <laughs> well,
0: let's take one minute. If there's one thing from The Last Jedi you have to erase, it's the Holdo maneuver, right? Right. The Holdo maneuver absolutely and unequivocally ruins Star Wars as we've seen it. Because in a universe this big with so many things flying around and constantly going in and out of hyperspace, and this movie introduced hyperspace jumping or skipping, right? Yeah, totally. So even more reckless, every single time they came out of it, I'm like, well, there's a Holdo maneuver. There's a. They should have exploded eight times, right? <laughs> So to live in this universe and think no one's ever figured out to just have droids pilot the ships into bigger ships is a more cost-efficient way to fight is nonsense. And also, the one-in-a-million-shot logic does not work because if there was ever a time to do Holdo maneuvers, it's when there are are literally thousands upon thousands of Star Destroyers just stacked in a fucking row. (laughs) one holdo maneuver would take out 55 ships they're just sitting there like fish in a bear. so the yeah. holdo maneuver thing that's just bad they that's a bad decision that was made that they had to clear up right cuz right. this is the best time for holdo maneuvers this moment but i want to circle back to the force ghost of luke cuz this is something i read a lot and they're like that line right where he catches the lightsaber and he says a jedi should respect his weapon yeah. I saw a lot of fans wielding this line as a club against The Last Jedi. And I think that's kind of asinine, if I'm being honest. What I think that the Force ghost of Luke, right? <laughs> I don't see him as the, the newly written happy Luke. I think the way, what I liked about Last Jedi, I liked the humanizing of Luke, right? That, man, it was hard for him and the constant failure. That's very human, right? To be a Jedi is also to face your fear. And Luke might not have faced his fear. That's what Luke says, right? To be a right. Jedi, the inevitable totally. path is face your fear. Yeah. I don't know that it was done in the most satisfactory way to everyone in The Last Jedi. No. But he did. Luke Skywalker, even at his most powerful, could not walk out there and have defeated that whole First Order legion. But he completed the mission and, you know, became one with the Force. Right. So in this one, when he catches that and says that to Rey, I thought it was a little tongue-in-cheek. And I think what he's doing returning to Rey in that moment is – by meeting her and training her, that that relationship allowed him to leave that island and complete his circle. And I think in the moment leading up to him showing down with Kylo Ren, even in a ghost form, and now as a Force ghost, I think he's had time to reflect on his journey. And I think when he says, I was wrong, right, and I should have been more hopeful and fought the fight, I think that's very earnest character development. No, I think so, too. And I so don't too. think and, that has to be shitting on The Last Jedi.
1: No, but I, I I don't think it's pandering either. Like, I think that's the other... Like, that's the thing that everyone... Like, what it is is everyone is... Everyone keeps talking about, yeah, like, oh, they just keep, like, disrespecting The Last Jedi and what The Last Jedi did. Like, I agree. Like, it's okay to change your mind. Like the Like, character development is character development. Like, that's what it is.
0: Yeah, and I think that moment plays perfectly in hand, right? That's kind of the inevitable after image of what ryan did totally which is you know luke is out there as a hermit and in his way made the choice this is how he will re-enter the fray
1: right totally
0: i thought that was a lovely little extra scene with him to show that he still does care that even in his moment of sacrifice his kind of love for this you know the force and becoming one with the force crystallized a whole journey imagine being able to come back as a ghost and look at everything you did in totality. You would probably grow a little bit. You know
1: what I mean? Yeah, so totally. I don't
0: take that as a shot at the Last Jedi. I think that's the fans. I am shocked at how many people I I read constantly just talking shit about the Last Jedi at this point. It's gotten so bad. Well,
1: I just like ignore and this it. This movie's now. Like,
0: reinvigorated every- it, but I think they play together really well. In my I, honest opinion, I actually
1: do too. And I I mean I I do think like as far as um I do think this is the most it's interesting because they seem to have started without a plan in mind. Or they did. I'm not really sure, to be honest it with you. It feels like the whole sequel. The sequel the trilogy whole tr- The feels, sequel
0: trilogy has
1: no kind of the like... The sequel trilogy's through line through is very line. muddy. And it doesn't really like right. do it for me as far as that goes. like I'm used to... I mean, I think what we're used to is a very simple like, through line for these characters. Like We're very used to... Did it did it did it, did it, did it, did it, did it. Like we're used to because and therefore, like that kind of stuff. This feels much more like filmmakers making movies, and I think that like trying new things like Brian Johnson did, or like really honoring the past and really looking forward to the legacy of the future, the way J. J. Abrams has with uh seven and nine. Like that I think is probably the real uh power of the Force Awakens and now the rise of Skywalker as J. J. Abrams is a filmmaker has really set this standard of, like, it's okay to love what you love in the back, but you have to also be excited about what's coming next. Like You have to look forward right. for these movies to live on. Like, And I think that's something, that, you know, I, I, I put it on Facebook. I was like, what's everyone's problem with the Star Wars movies? And someone was like, well, it's right. Disney marketing. You know, they have no idea who to market to. And I'm like, you mean Children? That's who they these market movies to are people for
0: that like star
1: Wars. Yeah. Like well, right? what do you expect? But like more importantly, like that's what these <laughs> movies are for when it comes to like, that's what it's about. Like that I think is probably the most important thing is it's about the next generation. That's like what all these movies have been about is the next version of this is not going to be Luke Skywalker and it's not going to be Hayden Christensen. It's going to be Ray right it's Ray and Finn and Poe and that of friendship and that kind of thing. Like that's what we're looking forward to. And that's what we want to teach our kids. Like this is going to be my kid's star Wars. So like when I think yeah. about that in the context of like how I raise my son, I'm going to be like, what a great thing for me to show my kid, which is like, <laughs> these are people who come together and they fight against people who are trying to tell them that they can't be, that they can't be free or they can't be the best <laughs> version of themselves. Like that's a great, thing to teach my kid going yeah. forward with, especially with something like star wars
0: i'm just gonna teach my kids be like okay kids palpatine was right but he made these tactical errors.
1: <laughs> well oh yeah also by the way my favorite like i i was waiting i was waiting for i'm like hell they didn't do the thing i asked them to in the last jedi which is like the first thing be like all right guys no more planet-based weapons this is not working but they did it yeah. in rise of Skywalker. I- and they're like Boy, that debacle of a Star Killer base was like hell yeah. There we go. I
0: I felt bad because I did have one audible like snarky laugh out loud moment. Yeah. When they're like, "Oh, now every one of these five thousand ships has a mini Death Star cannon." Yeah, I was like, "I know." You, you absolutely cannot help yourself. You guys are addicted to the fucking pipe <laughs> of Death Star weapons. It was so. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. I, I was thought like, the they, same- they actually cannot help. But this is the cool thing: is that. In this movie, they kind of built in all of this backwards narrative armor, which I thought was funny. <laughs> yeah. Because let's get to this, right? So they open up with a, a reintroduction of Palpatine, right?
1: Right. And so we find out. Like top of the movie, too, which right. I thought it's, was pretty it's rad.
0: beautifully shot. The way they actually shot him, it had like a pumpkin head vibe to me, which I thought. Like when you first see his kind of milky eyed half corpse. Yeah. It's good. And, and my biggest fear going into this movie, honestly, and if I had one thing that I would change overall about this series, is I think it is so hampered by the addition of all of the old cast. I would love if this movie had just been more about new characters, right? Yeah, like sure. the whole series. So Palpatine coming back, going into the theater, it was kind of my my pre-warning to myself is, there's no possible way Palpatine coming back will work for you, Josh Griffey, the viewer. Right. Right. But hopefully it just doesn't dismantle the viewing. And to me, it doesn't. Right. No, I don't think it does either. And I thought the way they did it, I like that. They didn't go too into how the fuck did he survive that wreckage, survive those gigantic ass waves, make it to this place, have this cool base, build 8 million thousand ships right that would cost a lot of money and have all these workers like how has no one ever found this right. uh homie hideout that he has <laughs> but they just kind of like lay it out like hey this is star wars there's well, it, a bad guy in black and he has weapons so I, I think
1: again, what i like it's liked not was,
0: clean and it bothers me that palpatine's back period right but i think they did it in the best way possible for that decision
1: well i think what i liked about that is um I, like the best part about it was simply that like, it was like, well, you know, dark side. Like, that's like, like as soon as that whole thing started, cause I started, I was watching the movie and I had the exact same thought. I was like, how did anyone, how did anyone get away with this? I don't understand what's happening, but like, yeah, I was like, well, you know, Sith, I don't, I don't know. Like, but this is the crazy thing, right? The two points on
0: Palpatine that stuck with me. One, one is that by reintroducing him as much as I don't like it. Right. It does give backward story armor to some of the lesser moments of this series, right? So one of the things that always bothered a lot of people is why even have Snoke and why waste him? Well, we see that the Emperor literally just has Snoke's in a jar, right? Yeah. So he's just a puppet face to start this new thing, right? Yeah. So I was like, all right, that's a good... That kind of makes sense. We all knew the Emperor used to clone himself if you were into some of the extended universe stuff. Yeah. All right. This makes sense. I'm kind of, okay, that's good. Someone else brought up to me in the lobby because one of the things I had always thought is like, man, if he just came back as like more of a force ghost, right? Like a red force ghost. And we could do that. That'd be better. And I was reminded by a friend of mine, and this is the thing. I think we all forget how vast Star Wars mythology is. There's a lot in it that we don't think about. That the Sith can't become Force ghosts because they don't live in nature with the Force, right? They're not one with the Force. They don't become part of it. Right. They bend it and manipulate it to serve their own. They, they mutate it, right? It's yeah. it's a it's... an abomination. So him coming back, Palpatine truly exists as the Sith version of a Force ghost in this movie, right? Right. He's just kind of a meat puppet. And so there's a way to think of him. It kind of has a Harry Potter vibe r- almost, right? Like a little horcruxy. Yeah. That just this meat, he somehow has managed to manipulate and violate the nature uh, of the Force to cling to this fucking vessel. And, you know, I thought that was a pretty good way to do it. A satisfactory way at least, right? If I had my druthers, we wouldn't bring Palpatine back. Right. But But, I mean, they did it pretty well. Again, the imagery of him with all the cultists or the ghost of the Sith past, whatever the fuck those were, man, it was like the imagery of Palpatine was truly satisfying throughout the movie to me. Pretty sweet. Yeah. And that's what I mean. That was my biggest red flag. And by the end, it worked for me. Like, I, I was like, that's a pretty cool. It's 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 fun, too, because it's this antithesis of how Luke's journey ends. Right. Right. It's just kind of, you see Luke, who was kind of this sad hermit, almost like the Emperor, trained this girl and somehow come back in the fight and have this like redemptive arc as this force ghost, right? He's kind of made peace with his entire arc, right? which I wish more of the fans would do because it's lovely. And here's Palpatine just desperately clinging on to relevance and the plans of the path. I, I thought it actually, you know, maybe unintentionally added a lot of extra subtext for me, which was really fun.
1: I, I mean all like I, I really liked again, like I really like that I totally like and those are the kinds of things in movies that I would just that just me in my tracks a lot of the time. Like I'm like yeah. Nope. But I was just so enamored with the whole and yeah, I was like Palpatine's back. Like we all knew Palpatine was back in some fashion, I guess. But like the way they did it was yeah, I just I I felt okay with all of it. Like there was nothing about yeah. it that I'm like, nope, I don't buy this one bit. Like fuck this. Yeah. And like it was funny. Like after we got out of the theater, like <laughs> I was I, I enjoyed myself, you know. And I was and we got out of the theater. And my wife was like, did you like it? And I'm like, yeah, I had a good time. She goes, oh, I thought you hated it like the whole time. I'm like why? Like, <laughs> well, you kept covering your face. I'm like, no, I was honestly just like thinking to my, my I was like literally like going back like this is really interesting. And I'm trying to think back and, like like I'm like tracing the lineage in my head (laughs) watching the movie i'm like this is insane but
0: andrea's like you have resting hipster face
1: i know right well it's
0: like every scene you're like i
1: liked this before it was cool actually you know what (laughs) actually you know what it was the reason i kept putting my hand on my face is i was trying to hold back from screaming at this guy in front of me who would not shut up when everything cool happened Every time he was like, yes, there it is. I'm like,
0: yeah, I hate those fucking guys too. But yeah. Was, too. Uh, but yeah like, I hate, I, hey, at least they're not on Twitter ruining Twitter for everyone. They're at least happy. Right. He was Like, like I read exciting. some guy on Twitter who was like the Canto bright segment of the last Jedi is probably some of the best scenes in all of Star Wars. The Phantom's wrong. I saw that. And I read it and I was like, wow, your logic and reasoning is so bad. Right but i was like at least you're on twitter starting from a place of here's something about star wars i like and i was like for that gold star logic f uh <laughs> attitude a plus like huge yeah fan. like
1: i mean that and okay, that, was, so- that is really kind of like <laughs> i really feel like that's the value of the entirety of seeing this movie <laughs> this time around is like yeah great i had an incident
0: the second time i saw it as soon as the lights came up i was getting my kid's coat on and i just heard this guy I don't know what your problem is, but that one kicks the shit out of the last Jedi. Oh. And I looked up, and I was like, you could almost just hear the woo, woo, like the right. like his you know tip assist that wasn't working. Right, and I was like, what is happening? And just these two morbidly obese guys just pointing ham fingers at each other, screaming. <laughs> and so what I gathered throughout the movie is that every time something happened, the one tip assist guy was going. Puh. And the other guy was getting mad because he liked it. Right. So they, they both, the moment the movie ended, instead of like reflecting on what they saw, just waddled to their feet and started berating each right. other. I and I was just like, Boys, if this is you, I will end you. Yeah. No, Alright, so let's jump to Yeah, let's what I, did you think of uh the the Ray's parentage reveal?
1: It was cool. I mean I kinda like they kind of gave it away when the force lightning thing happened. I'm like Yeah,
0: dead giveaway.
1: And, like, at that point, I was like, oh, God, get it in your brain right now, but, like, let it, like, wash over you and really consider it. And, like, I've had a couple of days now to kind of think about it, and, like, I was like, what do I really – So your
0: initial reaction, I'm taking it, was you did not like that.
1: Initial reaction was like, oh, I had a feeling this was going to, like – it was going to be, like, her parents being nobodies was not necessarily a nobody thing. Like, I'm like, that just doesn't – like. That concept I knew would be a little bit retconned, even if like they hadn't, even like if Ryan Johnson knew this was what was going to happen. Like mm-hmm. the idea, I was like, Oh, I know it's like, I feel it coming. And like, so when it happened, I'm like, Huh. And then I started thinking a little bit about it and like I was really going through it. And then honestly, like leading up to like leading up to her exiling herself on Acto, I was like, Man, I am not sure how I feel about like this. Cause I, A, like from like a, outsider perspective like i really don't want like the female lead character in this movie to end up being the bad guy and gets fucking killed by kylo ren i'm like can we not do the can we not entertain the jack you didn't
0: didn't want to redo game of
1: thrones can we not entertain the jackasses (laughs) from game of thrones who are like oh great the fucking woman dies and the guy fucking saves her great that's fucking awesome like i don't want to get into that conversation again like none of that please but then once Luke's Force Ghost came out and, like, they really had that conversation, like, that bit, too, I, like, that bit, like, I was very choked up because that was, like, yeah. that was just one of those great moments in Star Wars. Like, right. everything I love about this movie happens in these small bites. Like, I think the smaller, more human moments in this movie are the things that really got me charged up about Star Wars. And that was, like, where yeah. I started finding, like, God, man, I love Star Wars so fucking much.
0: Like, well, this is the thing, right? This movie is going to bit. get baked a little bit, right? Because they're, again, they're going to accuse JJ of just kind of redoing famous moments. Sure, but for the finale of a nine-episode arc, those are the moments that got me. Like here, a prime Absolutely. example is what you're saying: seeing Luke lift his X-wing. Oh my god! Right, it took me right back to Dagobah, and he's like, "It's too big," and Yoda's just like, "That's why you fail, bitch." Even the like hand. that met like Even when he head. just raised that. It, I on, like I'm getting choked up talking about because I was like, oh my
1: fucking god, honestly, like, man, like he did all this stuff. Even since the, the last <laughs> saw even the way his hand was positioned, I'm like, oh it's yeah, like, like there's yeah, things bitch. that were happening in like the music. Like by the way, if this is the last time we hear John Williams make music for movies, I, I, I mean, think he
0: said this is it for him.
1: W- wow, like what a Ugh. what a fucking score to go out on, man. Oh my, yeah,
0: God. yeah, I I always forget to address that. Cause you're just like it's so baked in that. The scores for Star Wars, they I mean, the
1: best, they're the best by far It's
0: indescribable. The, the value that that's added and the amount that it's just baked into my DNA. It's amazing. But like, here's some other good moments like that. And this is what I love that JJ did, right? Like I liked when Finn actually said, you know, he did the Han Solo line where he was like, uh, it's real. All of it's real. Right. The guy who was kind of like, you believe this shit? And wanted to leave in Force Awakens, right? Is now like, he's bought in.
1: Right, totally. I
0: thought that was, co- there's just like a lot of those little kind of callback moments to things we've seen. That I felt like, this is the, the criticism I also don't accept, right? Because I heard a lot of people talking about this movie narratively for uh, hyperspeed skipping. Oh, and yeah. And how stupid it is in general. And I just don't accept, first off, it it it's not as fast paced as people think. And I thought there were a lot of moments, and this is when it matters to me, right? I want the still moment for a character to sit in the weight of the moment, and I, I think Daisy Ridley does this as well as any actress. Oh no, this I've is seen where recently. Daisy like, the, Rid- just the close-ups is- of the camera slowly moving in on Daisy Ridley's face.
1: Oh no, yeah, this is why Daisy Ridley is Ray. Like, <laughs> yeah, that her moment alone, like her ability to just like evoke emotion. Just staring into the camera, staring like yeah. Those still moments are so wonderful.
0: And like, I fucking adore her, man. And oh this my god, is, she's amazing. This was the thing, man. Her Ray, <clears throat> I fucking have adored Ray. And one of the things I really liked in this movie is that we got to spend more time with her and Poe and Finn together with Chewbacca. Like it felt like we had the gang together again, and that was really fun. Yeah. Like just when they they first get there, right? And we see Ray like levitating the rocks, amazing. She starts doing her training montage, whatever. Like I'll earn the lightsaber. When they get back, and her and Poe start that argument about what he did to the Falcon and yeah. what she did to BB-8, that's I was like, that's one of those classically well-written moments. That's just great because Star Wars. it's a small little scene that tells us there is this long list of things that have happened prior. Right. I just really i i i liked that kind of stuff a lot. I thought the three. I love Poe Dameron. This was kind of the, this was the movie that. He got his groove back, and I really liked it. Me too. Because I do feel like in the Last Jedi, he had to learn a lesson, but I think they—they kind of did it a little like, let's take him to the fucking whooping shed. Yeah. Right. Like it's a little heavy-handed. That oh, like our greatest. A lot. Yeah, our greatest pilot and like this kind of like really into the cause, great hero and leader. Let's say he's a piece of shit because we can't celebrate taking out this enormous ship, which. Every Star Wars ever has told us when a ship goes down, we are happy about that. Yeah. Like, and then we can't just tell him the plan so he doesn't mutiny. Like, they really took Poe to the woodshed like, in the, the last one. the fucking
1: considerable spanking Poe had to get the entire movie by everyone. Yeah. Like,
0: and it- I understand him, like, the the hotshot pilot needing to learn a lesson about moving sure. from hotshot pilot to command. That's a good story arc, right? Totally. Like, I get that. It just was a lot. It, it was, was really fun to just spend time with poet. Like Oscar Isaac is just
1: he's amazing. I actually watched the same thing. It's I, so I told funny I all like,
0: three of them are so good.
1: Everybody, John boyega's
0: good. fantastic as well.
1: Every single character, every actor in this movie is so well cast. Like there's no one who like turns in a weak performance. Like everybody yeah. e- again, even Kelly Marie Tran, who I absolutely love. Like she has like that moment on the fucking on the. When they're blowing up all the Star Destroyers, she has that moment she's looking out at Finn, and I'm like, I could have gotten 20% more of this, and I like, this would have been a perfect movie for me. Because she's just right. wonderful, man. <laughs> no one is But bad. that's why
0: she should have been on the gun with Finn.
1: Totally. 100%. The problem
0: is, and the only out I'll give JJ, right, is because <laughs> Poe and Finn are 100% banging, if not dating. <laughs> Like, no one interacts that way that is not in a relationship of some sort. So maybe it was Finn pulling away because, like, oh, she got feelings for me. Right. But me and Poe definitely rub Sarlacc pits. Like, you know, it's a little we got to pump the brakes. But then to just have him running around with another lady, I was like, okay, so that theory's out the fucking window. (laughs) At least she didn't have she didn't catch feelings, I guess. But I was like, that was a big bummer. Yeah, But th- those two, because that's what I kept reading, is, like, their representation of, you know, the LGBTQ community. And they had the kiss at the end, which I'm like, yeah, that's cool. You know, you could have done more. Well, but I was like, they did actually just show us two dude, And this is another Star Wars thing, is they're like, well, we need to see gay relationships. Seriously, like, Poe's dingus could look like an Ewok, and Finn has a sarlacc pit with, like, eight tentacles. They're aliens. We don't know what these things are down there. Right. We never see genitals. So – Put that aside. Poe and Finn definitely together. Yeah. Oh, that was another thing. I found this out today (laughs) because me and my friends had that conversation. Why did they never, why did uh, Finn never tell Ray what his one thing was before they sunk into the pit? I don't know. You remember when he's like, I have one thing to say and they keep referencing it and he never says it. Apparently what he was going to tell her is that he himself is force sensitive. Interesting. And that's what all that shit at the end was when they're like, how do you know it's the command ship? He goes, cause I have a feeling. So that seems to be like one of those things that was just lost in the edit somewhere. Right. Cause all my friends are like, Oh, he wanted to tell Ray he loved her. I was like, no, he loves Poe. Like, come on, get with it for real. Those two are dating. Yeah. <laughs> but that was an interesting tidbit. Um, what did you make of the criticism of the plot moving too fast and skipping around? And d- do you accept
1: that? I mean, yeah, I, Thought it was a pretty fast moving flick. Like I, I, I mean, at the top of the movie, yes, like it moves very fast. But it also is literally catching you up with every character in the movie. It has to, <laughs> like, like this movie is this movie is an hour, like two hours and twenty, like, thing it's two hours and twenty minutes long. Like th- they have to tell you what's happening. What's like they got to catch you up a little bit. And like I feel like yeah. everyone's thinking that because of the hyper speed skipping thing, which by the way I thought was awesome. Like I'm like that was oh,
0: really. That's just one of those cool Star Wars Finally thing. we get to see
1: this like cool like you're getting to see hyperdrive used in like a really fun and like cool way because we're all th- like actually it reminded me when we were uh, when Force Awakens came out and Han Solo like hyper hyper drives through one of those like space worms they are keeping like yeah. I was like oh finally that's explained like why wouldn't they fucking do that in like in the first place like I was thinking to myself like why wouldn't they do that to the space worm when it's uh, Empire Strikes Back like all kinds <laughs> of stuff and Honestly, like I absolutely loved that whole scene, but like, yeah, yeah, I get it. Like it has to move a little bit fast, but like in the very beginning it should, like, we don't need all this fucking preamble, like reminding you who characters are. You already know. So if they're going to move fast to get you to the meat of the story, that's fine. Like 20 minutes in, we are going to Pasana. I'm like, cool, great. I'm glad this has moved forward fast enough because I was not going to fucking wait around for some bullshit to to happen. Like, well, it's,
0: it's, I don't understand. <laughs> it just, this is the thing I've been trying to unravel and our conversation is helping a little, but I feel like people are just throwing blows. Like every decision made is getting attacked for both sides.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: Right. And I don't know how you, cause this thing, you, do you want it to be slow and plodding? Yeah. Cause we didn't like that about last Jedi. Right. We're like, why is nothing happening? Yeah, apparently. And I'll be the first to admit, I don't think a slow speed pursuit is a great place to start a film. Like, that's fine. And then this one, because this is my theory, right? You can go as fast as you want jumping from action beat to action beat fine as long as I get the emotional beat wherever I land. Right. And I feel like this movie's loaded with those, man. I I liked C-3PO has that pause, right, where it's, you know, oh, I'm just looking at my friend. And Poe's outside talking to, you know, his former friend, right, the spice runner. Mm -hmm. They have a beat. Right. So there's constantly beats. Right. Like we get back and Ray's left us. What do we do? They find out Leia's gone. Right. And Chewbacca stops and just crumbles. Oh, my right? that God. Would, that that one made me crushed weep. Rushed me, man. Like a motherfucker. Oh, right? my God. But that's what I mean. So <laughs> it jumped around. Andrea and I were like I never holding felt each like, other crying
1: in the theater. When that, like when It's so. Ugh. Oh, my but God. That's what
0: I mean. <laughs> so the movie gives you all this cool action and moves fast. So we get as much as we can in two and a half hours. But they don't cheat you on Chewbacca wailing. It took me right back to Empire. My, one of my top five favorite moments in Star Wars is when Chewie's, like, got his arms up against the Falcon. Yeah. And he, that door closes. It's because he doesn't know if he'll ever see Han again.
1: Right. I Right?
0: Mean, like, that he, mattered to me. I that like moment
1: where that. he, like, breaks down, I was like – And, I th- again, like, this movie kept hitting me in moments. where I'm like, I'm thinking back to, like, seeing all these movies. And you're sitting there and you're like, I mean – Chewbacca's seen so much like he's yeah. he's 250 years old he's been around since the fuck he's been around since the fucking clone wars he's yeah. seen so many people go and he's like he's like the last man standing you know he's the last yeah. of the old guard like he lost his best friend in the force awakens and now his best friend's wife dies too so like he's seen so much and i it just hit me in the it hits you in the guts man how can yeah. you not how can you not feel always- that way
0: it's so funny, too, that Chewbacca's kind of always been this amazing emotional barometer. Right. Throughout the entire series, right? Like he has these great emotional moments. And I was always like, if you're feeling that emotion from Chewbacca, that just means the story's being told well. Right. Right? Because he doesn't have the line to get you, right? Like, there are sucker lines as a dad, I know, where I'm like, God damn it, you just said that because you want me to cry because I'm a dad. Now I have a kid. My dad let me, like, I get it. Oh, dude. There like, Chewbacca just fucking deliver. I will say this. A big criticism I have is I don't know why they capture Chewbacca, take him up to the ship. And this could have been the most powerful scene in the trilogy to me. I was desperate to see Kylo Ren confront Chewbacca. Right? Because one of the moments we kind of brush over is Chewbacca watches Han Solo be murdered by Ben, right? Yeah, Or Kylo Ren. Chewbacca would have been with them his entire upbringing. Like imagine how much Chewbacca would have loved Ben and vice versa. Right. 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 Who would not love to have a Chewbacca in their life? Right. Big, protective, lovable thing. That's just on you. Right. You are the offspring of his two favorite people in the universe. So they would have had such a tight bond. And then he got to see that moment, right. Where it all falls apart and his friend dies the fact that we did not get that beat between him and Kylo Ren felt like an enormous missed opportunity to me. Imagine the emotional devastation. Cause this is the way I saw it in my head is that Kylo Ren starts like yelling about, you don't understand the pressure I'm in, but you know, doing his little emo teenager thing. Right. And what if Chewbacca would have just stood up and you think he's going to try to strangle him and he just gives him a fucking hug. Oh, cause God. no matter what, he's just the last one there, man. Yeah. That I awesome. was like, I wrote this like whole soliloquy in my head and I was like, they captured him. I'm getting the scene. I'm ready to cry. And I did it. That is like, <laughs> that is one of those missed moments to me. And I was like, if that's on like deleted scenes, I'll be so happy. Cause that's the moment. There is this huge understory between those characters. Right. That we never get to man. I that mean, one kind of hurt my soul. That is a a missed,
1: there is a missed opportunity there, but again, there's yeah. so much, there's so much going on emotionally in this movie. I think that it does. You do. You do get. It gets made up for in other ways, which right. I it, it's fine. Yeah, that is like an amazing emotional payoff, and it's sad that we weren't able to get something like that. But right. like, you do get. You know, Finn meeting people God. that he's inspired. You know, before like,
0: we jump off though, the scene when Chewbacca is sitting on the box, and they're just like, "Come on, buddy, we need you." Oh, and he reluctantly gets up. I was like, "That's the biggest." That's the biggest mood in Star Wars history. <laughs> I was like, "Fuck, dude, that hit me so perfectly." Totally. Yes. <laughs> that might be the most perfect Star Wars. As moment soon as about.
1: As soon as that's a gif, I'm gonna just use it all the time. Be like, "That's my mood yeah. every day." Just,
0: I mean, we are dads, so that is like big mood stuff. That right is there. that is a mood just right that, there. I'm broken and destroyed. I've seen too many things in this war. all right you need grapes i'm back
1: (laughs) oh my god
0: all right uh let's talk about some kylo ren man Ooh, the redemption yeah because i'll I'll say one more word on the the narrative jumping from planet to planet too fast i think that's a bullshit straw man i I think that's a bit of a straw man argument to me because again
1: that's you an argument. You can do as
0: much as you want. I've, yeah, people are literally I've done saying. A, I've
1: done a really I had a friend who described of...
0: it this way, right? My friend Brian Wilson, who's been on this show. I love <laughs> him dearly. But I think he's one of those Star Wars fans that kind of has just become used to hating Star Wars. Right. And I think it's the benefit of us doing podcasts like this is that you learn. Like, when we talk about, like, the greatest movies ever, you realize that even those movies aren't perfect, man. Like, you still have to do some work and this and that. And I think that's a good perspective that's helped me appreciate this even more, man. And plus, I have kids, so I'm extra nostalgic about this shit anyway. Right, right. But he said that Ryan Johnson made the smart Star Wars movie poorly, and that J.J. makes dumb Star Wars movies well, and that we could never have both until Denny Villanueva (laughs) made his movie or whatever, his Star Wars movie. And I was like, First but, up, nope. I don't think The Last Jedi is the smart movie made badly. I think that's wrong. I don't think J.J. makes dumb movies. I do think they're made well. And thirdly, I don't think the guy who made Blade Runner 2049 is guaranteed going to deliver the Star Wars yeah. that this toxic fandom won't
1: argue Brian, <laughs> Brian, question for you. Have you seen Blade Runner 2049? Out of curiosity. I
0: actually was going to call him because we were talking about doing like a Titanic. He wants to do all the James Cameron movies. I was like, all right. But I think now we might be able to do Blade Runner. You're going to
1: have to do Blade Runner 2049 so we can find It'll out what this lit. smart, good, good Star Wars movie would have been.
0: I will talk to Brian anytime. But okay, so this is, I this, but that's one of the critiques is that <coughs> J.J.'s Runner is stupid because right. it jumps around so much and it doesn't have enough narrative oh. integrity in the movie with space wizards and lightning fingers. Yeah, wow. So I, I just think that's nonsense how, cause how, to me, Star Wars we? is about emotion. It's the big space opera yes it's right a space it's opera. big
1: beyond you know? that from a story <laughs> it's beyond just space opera it is literally it's a fucking it's a fucking joseph it's a it's a hero myth that's the whole point yeah it's yeah. like so much bigger than like uh, 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 what a week what a week star argument.
0: wars is always mellow drama right so yes but this is the thing you just show me cool star wars shit and then you let me have the big emotion with the character I'm truly invested in, right? That's all I want in a Star Wars movie at this point, man. Right. Sorry. I I've f- read and seen enough Star Wars that I'm there for it, right? So,
1: Unfortunately, our Star Wars is not written this- by Aaron Sorkin, so I guess we'll just have to move on.
0: <laughs> the old walk and talk? That would be exciting. <laughs> That's the fucking just Star like- <laughs> Wars I'm
1: looking for. The walk and talk. All right, talk. Here, Go back
0: ahead. to Kylo Ren, right? Yeah. Because this is another thing that people are ripping this movie for. Is that the Kylo Ren arc is not earned and believable? What? Where do you fall on the seemingly almost instantaneous redemption of Kylo Ren?
1: Uh, I guess they've only seen this movie and did not watch the others. Copy Whoa, that. All
0: right. Shots fired. All right, c- come in hot. Let's go. Defend your defend your hot Wh- take. Let's go.
1: I don't really think that's a hot take. If you've watched the other two movies, surely you understand that this guy is literally like a house divided. Like he's, he, he literally has to murder his father to feel like he's finally submerged himself in the dark side, which clearly he hasn't. He has a, this weird communication throughout the entirety of the second movie with Ray, who literally is, who literally they constantly go back and forth talking about how like, you don't know who you are. I know who you are. You don't know who you are. I know who you are. And finally, at the end of this movie, he finally understands who he actually is. He's been trying to be someone else the entire time. He can't deny who he truly is. He can't deny the actual good in him. He's like, it's like the best case scenario of fucking Darth Vader at this point. Like,
0: you don't, you don't think there's any part where it's like, we're kind of brushing that murdered his father and cold blood thing under the rug pretty quick. No. No. I have a theory on this. Murdered his I... father
1: in cold blood is not brushed under the rug. Literally, everyone reminds him of it every time they see him. As they should. That's they a big totally fucking should. Deal. But it's That's not brushed under the rug. Deal. He literally sat there. He did it. And then he, had he, the does... mo- he has the moment with. Here's the my theory, Hansel.
0: right? I have a theory on this because I agree. When I saw it initially, I was like, there's no fucking way this is like a spontaneous <clears throat> redemption, right? No. I couldn't buy it either. But I actually think the movie layered on a couple explanations, right? So one, the dyad in the force introduction, right, that him and Ray are inextricably bonded to each other. Right. I think they are constantly pulling each other to the middle. Yeah. Right? So I do think there's a nature of him that could not fully resist the draw of her anyway. Absolutely. And that her true north was just stronger than his. So he was inevitably going to be pulled closer to the light than she was to the dark. Right. I I thought that was a good addition. Right. I like this kind of explanation of why can't she keep pace with him, even though he has more training and, you know, this and that. (laughs) Why is she so wildly strong fast? I thought that was a cool addition to the story. Right. Um also it's just kind of one of those extra fun layers in Jedi and Force mythology that the Force is constantly adding these things to balance itself. Right. Right? I think that's a a fun addition. <clears throat> the other thing I thought, right, cuz we do see her give life energy to him. So there's a little bit of there there's kind of this dirty bomb moment where mm-hmm. perhaps that goodness is somewhat infecting him on a you know, smaller level, right? God forbid, I will not say that it's a metachloric level, because I don't accept that. There are no <laughs> metachlorians. Qui-Gon Jinn was a Scientologist. Neither here nor there. The moment that stuck with me, because this was another moment I felt like was a missed opportunity, right? I wondered why Leia didn't do the face-to-face with Ben. Ben clearly loves his mother more than his father. We'd already seen the moment with his father. Right? Right. I wanted Leia there. I think this is probably a production thing, right? That they just would not well, yeah. have gotten an, I mean, as much emotional punch with the kind of, no, you know, I mean, yeah, I'd say, face.
1: I'd say first and foremost, that's exactly what it is. Like you can't, but right. They, they did enough. And it was, but
0: here's the, here's my theory though. Right. Cause that's what I think people will say on a production level. My theory is, is that that moment was actually Leia talking. Because that was not Han as a force ghost. Yeah. And I don't think Kylo Ren is just talking to a memory he's projecting, right? Yeah. I think that is Leia redeeming her kind of sin in this story, which is she sent Han to his death, right?
1: I could buy that. So I
0: think this is the moment where she is playing the part of Han Solo, giving him one last redemptive moment and making him not in vain. And the- one of the reasons I thought that, too, is because when when he Kylo Ren breaks down, right? So this is the mother forgiving Kylo Ren for what he did to Han Solo, which also reflects back to Ben being able to forgive himself, right? Yeah. But the moment where he's trying to say, because he calls him dad, first off, I started fucking crying bad. Yep. But then uh, the moment is when he's starting to say, I love you or I'm sorry, Han Solo says, I know. That is Leia taking us back to the carbonite chamber to me. And this is my theory too, is that I don't know that Kylo Ren is all the way redeemed. I think his mother's spirit is bonded to him the entire rest of the movie. Cause when does Leia's corpse disappear? The moment that Ben sacrifices himself and she is pulling him into the afterlife. We don't know that he'll become a force ghost. Everyone we've seen disappear like that has become a force ghost.
1: Right,
0: but I think that's what. Leia, so I think Leia being so bonded to him, maybe is acting as this kind of Deadpool healing factor. Right, like I'm still cancerous, but it can't grow anymore. It's kind of negated because of Leia's goodness and Rey's goodness being bonded to him.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, what I, do you make of that? Well, I mean, yeah, that's the mother's Leia love.
0: Not disappearing until Kylo does. What do you make of that?
1: I mean, yeah, that's the mother's love, man. I mean, that's what it is. Like, it's the important. It's the most probably the most important thing about Ben Solo's journey is being getting back to being Ben Solo. Is that he like? I totally one thousand percent agree with you. By the way, like, Leia is Leia is Ben's redeeming quality. Is that yeah? You like no matter how far you stray, and like, look, I'm a parent now, and my you know Andrea's a mom, and she absolutely, I think. You know, even if our kid became fucking Palpatine, I think she'd probably be like, he's still my kid, though. Like, no, there is. If
0: my kid only could build Death Stars, I'd be like, you're such a bad villain. I'm (laughs) so mad at you. Be better at killing. Well,
1: I'm not I'm not saying he's going to be I'm not saying that. But yeah, I mean, like, but it is like the redemption of a mother's love and like the constant power to pull you towards the light. That's like, right. That's really the beauty of what Kylo Ren's journey is to me is like it's about family. It's about how powerful yeah. your family is and how like, it's not about the name you have. It's about the love that people show for you around you. Like even, right. even going through the universe and killing people and doing all kinds of stuff and like doing things that are just absolutely supposed to be pretty deplorable things. Like literally taking over the first order and becoming like Supreme leader Rey- Kylo Ren. Yeah. No matter what though, she's still your, that, that's your boy. That's, that's your son. Yeah.
0: And, and I agree with – I think it's the fact that his mother could still love him because he says multiple times in this series, I can't go back now. And right. tries to tell Ray, you can't either. Leia's letting him know, all the Star Wars shit aside, man, you, you're mine. And yeah. I, I love you. Totally. Ben. She calls him Ben, you know. I think that little igniting factor is enough. And this is the other thing I take umbrage with this argument. I don't think Kylo Ren is redeemed by the end of the movie. Right. Like one one moment of being halfway decent is not a redemption because what we really see Kylo Ren do is. Chase her down. Right. Right. He comes in. He beats up his lackeys. The Knights of Ren.
1: Right. Comes in
0: stands by her side. Wait, wait, wait. We'll get to the Knights of Ren. Right. Stands by her side. Essentially does nothing. Gets thrown down a hole. Crawls back up. And just returns the favor of giving her some of his life energy. Does he know that's it for him? Maybe. But even that, just giving her a shot at coming back, that's not some kind of grand. That's not like him walking into the Rebel base and getting hugs
1: and handshakes.
0: You know, it's just he had one moment of decency.
1: But I mean, I don't
0: think that means much.
1: Okay, but. By that respect well, I mean it then, means a lot, but you know what I mean. I don't think it's a By that respect redemption. then, neither I mean, I look, I don't really think anyone who lives within the dark side that long. Like it's, it's, it's how I always felt about Darth Vader. Like, to me, yeah. there's no full redemption of Anakin Skywalker. Right. Like he built he built the empire. Like, there's absolutely nothing yeah. about what he did what he became. Yeah. Just because he
0: And also he did not kill the Emperor. Yeah. So he really didn't like, super Didn't do anything
1: <laughs> cool. <laughs> but, like, there is, like, again, it's a very it's a very honest and earnest emotion, which is just, like, you feel that for your child. Like, I can tell right. you definitively as a parent now, like, that you'll always feel that for your kids. So, like, right. no matter what, that doesn't change who you are. You can, like, put on all of this extra shit, and you can be covered in – you can be shrouded in darkness. But when you see your kid right. being tortured, there's no way you're not going to step in and do something. Like, that's – yeah. That's what I think is like the obvious emotion, and I mean, like there's a lot to unpack within that moment, right, but to me, like there's no full redemption for Ben, but I do think that ben no. redeem Ben redeems the part of himself that ben to me re- at least redeems the part of himself that put Ray in that situation,
0: right, and I think what it's saying a lot of this too, right, is Ben is not redeemed per se, and right. we don't see him as a force ghost happy with his mom and dad at the end, right. No. So I think what it is is what it's saying with Ben is the whole series, he's trying to be this thing, right? And I think what they're saying is just that the natural draw to just being decent is an overwhelming force of nature, right? It just makes yeah. more sense at times. I know other scientists would argue that it's more logical to be mean and evil, whatever. I think for him, this is his natural state. And for the first time in a long time, he is defeated. He just realizes he's defeated constantly and he has one moment of just fuck it i'll see what this feels like and that makes perfect sense for a wild emotionally driven uh unmature guy right and i think just because he does one moment of decency by returning the favor and gifting her her life energy don't call that a full redemption don't say it's unfair and unearned because that moment is very earned she healed him he healed her seemingly had never seen that before so maybe didn't know that was it for him I don't think it's this huge, grandiose, altruistic moment, right? So I don't, I don't like the. T- I actually thought Ben's arc came to a pretty fulfilling conclusion.
1: Oh yeah, I mean i th- I think the. I, I th- think
0: if you look at it as like, oh, he's cleared of all his sins. He's the hero now. I can understand that, but
1: he's not. But he's not. Like, like yeah. he just because he fades into, again, like just because he becomes one with the force, that doesn't mean he's redeemed of the sins of the past. Like, again, right. I think. Because, if they like, had shown him as a force ghost, sure, yeah, they, but they right? didn't, and you yeah. know they shouldn't. <laughs> like you know, it's a big, it's a big deal. Like what it is is it's 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 hard to describe. But like to me, like ultimately, what it is is it's the it's the legacy of it's the legacy of the Skywalker family, like. And that's really kind of what this movie also is about, not just because of the title, Mm -hmm. but like the legacy of Skywalker itself is so important and intrinsic value and the value so intrinsic to the Star Wars universe that Mm -hmm. it transcends evil and strength and all this other stuff. And what it is, is about love and compassion and what, what real, what real family is, because that ends up being really the theme of the, of the last, this movie altogether is like, you know love and friendship and family like those are the things that will carry you through like even yeah man even poe at the end there he's like i'm sorry everyone like i've led you into this and then you fucking hear Lando be like oh we got it man like that's like yeah
0: it and i know people think that shit's corny but how
1: does that not who the fuck cares man how do you not get if you like
0: star wars that was just fucking rad it was
1: great how do you not it was awesome things that are corny by the way don't mean that they're bad corny stuff sometimes is just corny because it's gonna get you choked up that's part of being corny that's nice yeah
0: and also guys let's all agree uh that in life we rarely have lando and the cavalry show up yeah sometimes it's nice to go to a movie and think that shit could happen for isn't you like, yeah like isn't it nice when a bunch of
1: your friends show up to help you out like that's yeah. great uh
0: yeah. no man i do but need. This, a- i think you hit on the greatest point of this movie though right is Again, I just I like the big thematic emotional delivery. And I think people keep saying that shit's not there because of all the action, and that's what bothers me. It's wrong. Because I I love the fact that the ending when Rey and BB-8 are standing there in the dual suns weeping, I like that she buried the Skywalker sabers. I know people were mad, like, why did Leia get rid of her saber? Well, like, guys, come on. All that aside, that was a great moment of I will put the Skywalkers to rest. And then this girl who constantly, who are you? Who are you? Not judging her by what she is or what she does. Tell me your family's name. Tell me this. Oh, now you have a name and it's Palpatine. We know you. We know you're you forced in a box. She made her own choice, man. She was all the Jedi. Defeated the, you know, legacy, the stain of the Sith. And she goes out and she just says, you know what? I will choose for myself. Because that's what I am. Like, it's the moment in the series where she fully chooses. Yeah. Her fate is: I will choose to live as a Skywalker because they meant a lot to me, man. Totally. And that was just—it was a beautiful moment. She built her own sabers. She buried theirs, you know, at uh, Aunt Beru's house, and you know, Uncle Lars is like, "What the fuck?" It was just really cool, man. And and again, it was her. That was her moment of: I'll name myself. I don't need to know who the fuck where i came from or what any of this was i know that shit now and it didn't change my course right it didn't change me right and that scene this is another thing that people bitched about and this made me fucking furious they're like palpatine's dumb enough again to keep frying himself i was like guys ray can shoot force lightning how do we not know that that's her shooting the lightning in him right right like guys use a little bit of imagination here at times like You know, I I thought just her embracing of who she was and not this her and Kylo Ren, you know, they have to be together to be powerful. Yeah, because I know a lot of people were mad about the kiss.
1: I mean, I didn't I think originally it's interesting. I, I walked out and I was like, I don't understand why they kissed and Andrea like fucking Andrea like nailed it on the head, man. Like we walked out and I was like, I'm not sure why they kissed. like I thought that was weird. She was like, why wouldn't they have kissed? I'm like. There's no, like, she's like, there's clearly, like, it's, it's about, it's not about, like, romance or any other, other bullshit. She's like, they clearly have something between them. Like, it's about, yeah. and, like, you know, again, like, it's the dyad and it's the whole thing, but, like, it's about, it's, it's about more than just, like, romantic love or so on and so forth, yeah. because that's not what that moment, but again, like, my wife's smarter than me, and we walked out of the movie, and she had to explain it to me because I'm dumb, but, like, that was like, but again, I, 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 I the moment, afterwards i'm like oh i guess that does make sense like that is like a really tender moment of like it's not oh man we're we're so close to fucking like it's much more about like oh yeah
0: like well imagine too right they're bonded by this this bond of the force right like andrea said they have a personal connection yeah that is shockingly deep right like deeper than we probably have bonded with anyone in our reality absolutely bonded to the point they can talk across space and time and actually physically alter each other's reality. That's how closely they're bonded. Yeah. And the whole time it's been this very combative moment. And in this this instance, Kylo Ren has taken on this first step to the path of Ben Solo. She sees him. She knows that he has given of himself. He stood with her. This is Rey's greatest triumph. She pulled him back. Right, totally, and it not all the way, but she pulled him back long enough to do one good deed, right? I mean, and that's not don't call that a full redemption. It's not a full redemption, something. but that's
1: something, man. Like that's
0: and so for her to look at him, man, it's just this overwhelming feeling of joy. And the, and like you said, if they had gone from that into get them titties out, let's start beating cheeks, you'd be like, well, that's a that's a rough decision for yeah. this Star Wars I'm not, movie. I'm not
1: sure how this. I'm, I'm not sure if we should end a Star War in this way, but yeah. I All can right. still
0: smell the stink of your burning grandpa over there. <laughs> Gross. Like that that would be weird, right? But right. I think Andre hit it on the head. It's just this wildly intimate, overly joyous moment. Totally. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I thought it was kind of a lovely little moment. And I I mean, I don't know, people can argue because I saw someone like this is a terrible oh. message for Star Wars little girls.
1: Oh, yeah, you know, saying that. if you just
0: let into like a man nagging you, blah I was like, to be fair. I think in that moment, that would be Kylo Ren giving in to Rey, nagging him. Yeah. First off, <laughs> like, Rey won the nagging battle.
1: Yeah. But pretty hard. I, was, like, I don't
0: know. I Again, I took it as just this, like, triumphant moment of celebration. Yeah. I didn't take it as, like, a super sexy moment. No,
1: it's a moment of gratitude and love, and that's, like, the whole point of the movie itself. So, <laughs> yeah, ultimately, I, I, gotta, I also got to give props to uh, Adam Driver, who... Um, Just looks real dashing in a scoop neck sweater and his blowout uh, when he's been solo again. I got to tell. you. All (laughs) right.
0: So now we got to talk about the thing everyone else is pissed about. The Knights of Ren.
1: Oh, you know what? Like at this point, like what? We got about 20 minutes into the movie. I'm like, we're never going to know anything about these guys, are we? All right. Whatever. Like I'm over. Also,
0: they keep not catching them. So I was like, these are not Boba Fett's first up. Yeah. But here's the way I kind of think of it. Because my buddies were really mad about this. And I was like, first off, if I understand right, they're just other kids that quit high school, Jedi high school early to follow their friend that's really good at being a force user. And they're just like, well, we'll try to ride his coattails. They never like so essentially they're non they're like high school dropouts, like Hogwarts dropouts. They just follow this one really tough guy, get jobs they're not fully qualified for. Yeah. And then we're upset that he can beat all their asses.
1: Yeah. Come on. Like
0: I was wh- like. I get it. Like, I did think there'd be a scene where Chewbacca and Finn and Poe would be, like, throwing blows with these guys. That would have been cool. Yeah. But it's like, I mean, at this point, this feels like a microcosm for kind of the problem people have with this trilogy. Is we set up all these things we thought were going to be really important and cool to us. And by the end, a lot of them disappeared. Right. Snoke, the Knights of Ren, Ray's origin. Like, a lot of this stuff just didn't. Well, so, seemed to matter as much as we thought. Right. But I, a lot of people were really mad about the Knights of Ren.
1: Well, like, <laughs> I, I was actually, because uh, I, I I walked out, too, I was like, God damn it. I'm, like, honestly, it was much more like, man, I'm never going to know what the fuck those guys are supposed to be. But it's interesting, too, though, is uh, Charles Soleil toys. who writes a lot to of... Toys, supposed to be toys. Charles Soleil, <laughs> who writes a lot of the uh, Star Wars comics that have come out through Marvel now, mm-hmm. actually is writing this Rise of Kylo Ren book, and in it oh, they nice. actually pretty much explore all of this shit and i'm like oh well if i really cared enough i'd probably read that book but like
0: well also i don't think you should have to do reading assignments to get a movie like just not, don't put them in the that, movie They're that's not, not that what cool. i'm saying
1: but what i'm saying is like if no, I, I, I know i know if i really need to know there there, there sure. it is but other than that like yeah like at first it was like god damn it like these fucking guys have been around these movies the movies like for the last like fucking 10 years of our lives and i'm never gonna fucking know what's going on i'm like do i really give a shit like like yeah. fucking Chewbacca just had a breakdown in the middle of this movie. Like, I, I'm I'm in tears. What what do I care? Like, this movie's uh, wonderful, I shouldn't yeah. even give a shit about it. Well, let's
0: talk about some other uh so people were mad about Ray being able to easily solve the puzzle that Luke couldn't solve. Um again, I think that's explained pretty well in the movie, which is Palpatine's pulling all the strings, yeah, right? Seriously. So when, when Luke's there looking for the dagger, maybe that's not there. Maybe palpatine's like hey put that shit back i want her to find it easily it's not buried right it's under like a couple grains of sand yeah palpatine's a manipulator why didn't luke go to indoor to make sure palpatine's dead all right well he might have walked around not seen the little half a body right and then uh palpatine's room is only opened by his dna so luke didn't get to go in and have the force experience yeah right because luke can track these objects heavy in the sith whatever Alright, I mean, I think the fact that Palpatine's manipulated enough to have this gigantic fucking Final Order fleet means that maybe he could hide and or lay breadcrumbs for people trying to find him.
1: I think it's been established for a long time that the Jedi are fucking terrible at tracking Sith movement. So, (laughs) I'm not super shocked that Luke Skywalker wasn't able to figure out what the fuck was going on.
0: Right. Yeah, I don't... I don't know, man. I, I think... The way I will summarize this, right, is I left the movie, one, exhausted from crying, and I just felt like this great emotional release. I, was, I, I enjoyed my time with these new characters. I sat there long enough to realize that I really am emotionally invested in Ray and Poe and Finn, and I really like them. I really love BB-8. Yeah. I love Chewbacca, man. It was sad to say goodbye. Like The Carrie Fisher stuff was really hard. Um, you know I felt really hard to say goodbye and seeing Han Solo again really rocked me in a way I didn't expect seeing Lando again right I was like why are these people just popping up but it was it just reminds you that's what I took from this movie right is I got to have one more emotional goodbye with friends that I knew were leaving me and I was I was happily uh surprised right that I do have this emotional bond with them because to me that's what's missing from the Star Wars movies I don't like, is that I have no emotional attachment to what's happening on screen. I can deal with anything if my heart's in it. And this series has that for me, man. And I thought they did a great job of letting me have those emotional moments, right? When Ray does the I am the, you know, the history of all the Jedi and all that. And every scene is just on Daisy's face was great, man. And I loved, I just loved spending that, emo- it, um, the emotional payoff to me was fine. And nothing in the movie is so indescribably horrible that I can't enjoy those emotional moments. And again, I actually left Like I would do another movie with these. Like I'd love to see Ray and Poe and Finn hopping around some more. Like I'd do that again. I'd absolutely. But also, watch them if this is the last time I saw him, it felt worthy. It did. And I'm really excited to go on to other Star Wars universe. You know, like the Mandalorian's been exceptionally good. It's fun. This is just a great universe. And this felt like a celebration of all of the things I love about Star Wars. Yeah. And I know that everyone keeps waiting for the Godfather 2 version of Star Wars. It's going to be the most perfect film ever made, and it's going to make everyone happy. I'm just, like, I, I imagine that movie kind of like Ray. It's this, we are trying to project all of these things onto every Star Wars movie to make it what we want. And at the end of the day, man, a Star Wars movie should just be like Ray and name itself. This is what I am, and this is what
1: I have to give you. Also, let's be totally honest with ourselves. If you wanted to watch a fucking four-hour Star Wars movie that apparently is the best movie ever made, you just just go watch these movies again. There you go. Like,
0: we want to go back to Canto Bright, but we want to see Space Fredo dancing around a little.
1: <laughs> yeah, we want to see Space Fredo. We want to watch Space Cuba get uh, ransacked. We want to see... <laughs> That's what we want. We want to get the, I knew it was you. That's what we want. We want that moment yeah. between, like, who would that be? Like, probably, uh, it would be like Finn and uh It would be whoever Benicio the guy with the
0: mustache was in the last one. <laughs> Justin, whatever his name is. Look, little man, mustache, bro. But this, look, this is man, the thing, I, right? You I, leave the theater on this one, and you just knew. I was like, for the people who are determined to not like this and who haven't liked the movies prior, they haven't thought they were enough. I already could see the things that they were going to attack and they were going to hate and the things that would let them justify their own predetermined feelings. Right. Yep. And that's fine, man. Not everyone's going to like it. I actually had a I talked to uh, this guy on Twitter today, our our friend Ivar the Boneless, I think is his Mm -hmm. screen name, whatever. And he was just like, hey, man, I'm glad you liked it. I didn't have an emotional response. Fair enough, dude. But, I, you know, I, I think the thing that bothers me is the unfair criticisms, right? Sure. And I don't know. I, I hope that if you guys are listening to us at this point, like, we talked through enough of it that, you know, because, again, the second viewing, I was really trying to be like, what are those things? And how do we, you know, process them, man? And I, I seriously don't find, like, the great, enormous fault, right? The, the sarlacc pit of logic and drama that, you know, is supposed to absorb us and we have to hate this movie. I'm just not there.
1: Yeah. Did you I mean, feel emotionally satisfied, Alex? Yeah, man. Like honestly, to complete—I mean, we're at the end of this saga. It's the end the of the saga. story of the Skywalker. Like man. the moment is over, and I, I, yeah, I feel very—I—I I, I felt fine. Like I felt really—I—I yeah. I felt the emotional payoff that I think all of us needed. Yeah. To end this trilogy, to end this entire expanse of nine films. Six, if talk you talk
0: about, give me a brief like on the trilogy as a whole.
1: I mean, on like as a whole, this is the great. I mean, as a whole, this is the greatest. This is bet this is this trumps any and all Marvel Cinematic Universe stuff. This is the greatest. Whoa, story. shots fired. This is the greatest <laughs> cinematic story to tell. It's a space. I, opera. I am a oh, Star Wars over
0: Marvel guy too, but
1: I, I mean, look, I love Marvel and I think they're fun movies and it's great, it's great time at the theater, but like. This is the greatest. This is the greatest hero myth ever told on film. Like, there's no. I can
0: already hear the thousands of portly sausage fingers typing in. <laughs> what about the
1: prequels? What about I'm like, prequels? Hey, I'm not, I'm not like, gonna
0: fight you on that. That's fine.
1: It's fine. Like, look, those movies were bad. Look, we've established early on in the show those movies were bad. Like, there's just no way around it. But like, God. it's still unfortunate. But like, it might be unfortunate. But it's still part of the story. It's part of the Skywalker saga, which is yes. about the unfortunate the you know the unfortunate seduction of anakin skywalker to the dark side and that's what brings us to luke and han and leia and the wonderful trilogy we got and then now we have this yeah. sequel trilogy which is the legacy of the skywalker family itself like the echoes of eternity like that's that's what star wars is i don't think you're gonna find that anywhere else so yeah man i i think this yeah. is the this is this is the star <laughs> wars we all asked for and this is what we got yeah
0: and none of us appro- seriously it's like we were bane right we were born in the darkness you merely adopted it. <laughs> exactly the people who just hate this trilogy i'm like you forgot the prequels again i felt like i was being actually personally attacked and the things i loved about star wars personally attacked and dismantled and it made me feel like all the people that told me star wars was stupid and i was you know less than we're right. Like, that's, that's the emotional response I had. And I know people will be like, that's bullshit. Fine. If you like the prequels, I'm jealous of you, man. It's great to just love things. I'm with you. This one, it, no matter what you think about little details, every movie had the things that let me enjoy Star Wars, right? Absolutely. Like I mean, just admit, even Last Jedi, it's probably the most divisive, even over this one. That moment at the end when the little kid just looks up to the stars and pulls the broom to himself with the Force, I was like, man, that movie has like 15 of those moments. Yeah. Force Awakens just totally came back and relit the torches on this fucking decrepit crypt of my love of Star Wars and just fucking put the fire back in me in the best way. It gave me back my most important thing. Totally. And then this one just let me sit and just be an emotional wreck and enjoy it. And I got to do it with my kids sitting on my lap. And, you know, I'll forever be grateful for that. I really will
1: there's really not a whole lot else you can ask for, for
0: yeah.
1: from movies from the yeah. left. Lo- like there's not a lot else you can ask for from movies. That's about it.
0: Yeah. I I really found it a truly fully, fully formed, uh, excellent send off to this saga, man. Agreed. And, uh, yeah. So I hope you guys liked it as much as we did. If you didn't, we're down to talk about it in a peaceful, calm way. I've already been having, I already uh, have been having people reach out to me, man, and I feel like this will be one I'll be glad to talk about for a really long time. Guys, strap on your
1: your carpal tunnel syndrome glove and we'll we'll talk all about it. Don't worry about
0: it. Strap on your Sarlacc pits and your Ewok Dinguses and let's get to raging. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, that's it Uh, for The Rise of Skywalker. That's it for Skywalker. That's That's not it for Star Wars. Whenever Star Wars rears its head, you'll find us there. You know, uh, as always, leave a rating and review. Oh, wait, I just switched. I just took over.
1: That's fine. Hey, man, I took over. We're yeah. doing both. Leave us a rating and review on Apple. Leave us, a yeah, review share for us. Both our shows on Apple and whatever <laughs> else, other whatever other platform. Tell your friends, guys. We just Yeah, share it Skywalker with your saga. fucking
0: friends, man. Who wanna talk Star Wars? We'll talk with them. The long box sessions, film Alchemist, subscribe to both, leave ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts. Find us on the Nerd Alchemist on YouTube. That's plural with an S at the end. And as always, man, just thank you, guys. This is almost the end of the year. We still have some Film alchemists coming at you. We got some crazy ones. But really, guys, seriously, from the bottom of our hearts, thank you so much for everything you've done. Happy holidays,
1: whatever you may celebrate. We love you. We appreciate you. Everything about you is wonderful. Guys, may the force be with all of you. May the force be with all of us from the long box sessions and from Film Alchemist. I'm Alex Daniel.
0: And I'm Josh Griffey.